Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. Uh, Financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host for today's uh, Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If interested in learning more about a business line of credit, uh, please go to our website. It is fscreditline.com. Again, FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. And you can read about uh, our line of credit. You can uh, uh, fill out a simple two-minute application. doesn't require any documents to get an idea if you're qualified for, how much it costs, and all those details. I mean, over my 30 years of being in business, I've almost always had a line of credit. It's why I'm so passionate about that idea and why I created a company for that. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from uh, people with business experience. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Amanda uh, Garasio from Studio Garasio. Uh, uh, Amanda is a brand strategist and designer with over 16 years of experience in the design world. She wants to help you make your next business adventure the best one yet with powerful strategic brand design. She partners with serial entrepreneurs, strivers, freedom seekers, and multi-passionate empire builders to clarify their brand strategy, hone a unique design direction, and bring their vision to life across all of their channels and materials. Amanda, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you for having me, Stephen. I, uh, today's topic we're going to cover is small business branding, finding clarity, being strategic, crafting identity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I remember in early on in my, my entrepreneurial career, now I, I worked for Xerox for eight and a half years. Xerox is a, was and is a huge company. Um, mm-hmm. And when I started my own companies, you know, you know, certainly started off smaller. Um, I, I would, I used to think that branding was only for the big guys. Now my opinion has changed, but Amanda, I'd like to hear your perspective on is branding just for the big companies that are out there. And if not, why not? Definitely not. That's a strong no, not just for the big companies. Um, I'd say it's almost more important for small companies because branding is how you stand out and how you are remembered. Um, You know, big companies, they're still kind of ubiquitous everywhere. They don't have that as much like they're established, like they could change their brand. And, you know, you see like the new logos unveiled all the time and like, it's not a big deal, but for small businesses, you, in order to build that recognition factor, which builds the trust factor, factor which helps you make sales, you've got to be consistent with that branding. Um, so I think it's a, even more vital for small businesses than big businesses. Yeah, I um, I agree with you. And I, I, I have a different perspective. And I believe that under, building working on a branding project for your company mm-hmm really allows you to understand your company from the inside out. 
And yes. I think, you know, I think that's really important from a, um, uh, 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 um, from a company standpoint to understand who you are, what you stand for, who you stand it for too. Um, because yes. I think it, it becomes pervasive throughout the organization. If you, and that, that type of stuff happens only if you have, if you're running your first company or you're even in your second company, branding is often an afterthought. Yeah. You know, and when you, when everything's going well and you have, and you're really starting to generate a lot of revenue, you know, then you start thinking, you turn attention to branding. And I, I think that the key to branding is really getting to it much early, earlier than later. Would you, have you seen that yourself? Yes. Um, especially for the small businesses, even down to like solopreneurs, they, you know, their focus when they first start out is like getting the thing up and running, right? Like getting something functional, getting money in the door. And so they're not as concerned with the, you know, bells and whistles um, sometimes of branding. And I, I understand that approach. Like, I don't think you necessarily need a professionally designed visual brand when you first start out. I do think you need to yourself be clear on your brand and what you're building, even if like having it professionally, you know, translated into like a logo and stuff comes later. Um, so it's all those things you said, like, why are we here? What makes us different? Why should people care? Like, who are those people we're trying to reach? Like, how do we want to come across like the qualities and values and personality, you know, we want to be known for? Because that, like you said, will come through in everything else. Even if you don't, you know, have the the budget or the priority to like hire a professional designer and do that kind of level of things. If at least you have that clear in your own mind and for your own team, however small it may be, like that that will help steer the ship. Yeah. Yeah, I think also uh, what it helps with too is when you're hiring people, mm -hmm. right? Because that's, you know, listen, uh, in my third company that I had, I, I, I really didn't like the people who worked for me in my second company at, at the time. Uh, I was, they, a lot of them I had, um, I, I, well, that com the second company was kind of winding down while I was starting this, the third company. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I, I, you know, I was able to do a clean sheet uh, between the second company and the third company. I kind of did a clean sheet of saying what I didn't want and what I wanted in my third company, right? Yeah. Including what industry I was going to go in, but also what mistakes and what things I had learned in my second company. And one of them was I, I really, really wanted to be great at hiring people, right? And and mm -hmm. And part of that internal branding project was for me to say, I want people who really care about being successful. Yeah. You know, that they, they'll, they'll, they'll real, cause I was. And so this is my kind of my word of advice to our listeners, which I don't do that, that often is uh, your branding will only be, will, will be, Based on your personality, the owners. That's, that's the what, driving force of it. That yeah, is the you're driving the decision force. maker. Yeah. And yeah. if you go out there and say that you want to create a brand that doesn't reflect your personality and you, 
it's never going to work and people are going to see that internally and externally are going to see that it's fake, right? Although maybe I'm wrong because you know what? I still don't buy BP gas, okay? Because of the an Exxon gas, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the spills that they did. But BP, uh, who was notoriously uh, environmentally unfriendly, unbeknownst to me before before the spill, mm-hmm. they used their brand as green friendly, as yeah. environmentally friendly, and. Um, I, I didn't really pay attention to that because to me, petroleum is petroleum and what's all there, there is to it. <laughs> After but, the fact, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, so uh, you were shaking your head no in that um, – and, and when I said that, uh, I, I'll, you, can, you can't fake it. I'll, I'm going to offer a clarifying point on that. Um, no, I don't believe you should fake it. I think the owner will always kind of drive the brand. I don't think the brand is necessarily going to be a direct representation representation of the owner's personality. They are deciding it, but it it's not limited to their personality. I guess I would say. Yeah, I mean, there's, especially as they grow, because you're going to have more people, and it's not going to be just the founder. But yeah, um, but I, I, you know, if you look at, you'd be shocked. I mean, like you look at some of these companies that are huge. And they still mm-hmm. have the personality of the original owner. You look at Apple, you know, it's all about design. That's what uh, Steve well, Jobs so that's is about. More a, I would say that's more of a core value necessarily than a personality. So maybe maybe we are saying the same thing. Maybe it's the core values of the founder drive the company that I yeah, would I, 100% I, agree with. Yeah, I, maybe I'm using the wrong personality wrong. Yeah, you're right. Because, you know, Steve Jobs was a jerk. <laughs> you know, he really was, you know, yeah. he, he treated people horribly. He yeah, but that admitted. isn't part of the Apple brand, no, right? So that's yeah. not a part of that, Apple. That's what I'm saying. There's not necessarily yeah. like the, the owner drives the decisions and the direction of the company for sure. And the values. Um, I don't necessarily think there's always a personality match between. Yeah, them. that's, that's a good point. You're, and I'm, you're absolutely right too. It is the word values. So, so when people come to you for mm-hmm. a project, right? Tell me what's very typical of them coming to you for. Typically for the kind of clients I work with, it's one of two problems. Either, you know, they're kind of like what we talked about earlier where they were so focused on getting things up and running, they didn't really sit down and take the time to be strategic and intentional with it. So now they're a couple of years in and going, I don't even know what my brand is. It doesn't feel, you know, I just threw some colors together. Like it doesn't feel like it's saying what I want it to. Um, that is one situation or the other situation is, you know, they've, they've pivoted, they've, their business has completely changed from when they started and like the old branding is just not going to work anymore. So they need new branding and they're a little more owners in that situation are a little more (laughs) self-aware and they're like, okay, I know like with this change in direction, like the stuff doesn't fit anymore. So we approach it that way. So in both cases, it's about making sure the branding fits the current reality of the business and will fit for where they want to take it as well. Does it always revolve around, I mean, is the website 90% of the branding projects that you're working on? No, actually it's um, more like the, the building blocks of the branding. So like the logo suite, the color palettes, the fonts, because 
getting those three in alignment with what, how you want your brand to be perceived, like you're going to use those on everything else visually in your business, right? So if you get those right, at least, then you've got a good foundation to build on. And yes, I do help with like collateral and websites and that stuff too. But um, it's really about getting that, that foundation set solidly. Yeah. Oh, that, that wasn't my... That was at my end. That was your end. <laughs> yeah, my so dog. Don't, don't blame me for that one. Uh, th- this time, from. anyway. Um, until my dog hears your dog barking, anyway. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. What has changed? This is a weird question. It's okay. What, what has changed in the work that you've done since COVID? Ooh. If yeah. anything. No, that, that's a great question. And um, it was kind of a surprising thing for me because, you know, with COVID so many businesses shut down, I had like photographer friends whose businesses suddenly tanked or anything that was like in person. Um, so I was a little nervous at first, right? But I actually had some of my best years in business because so many people and businesses realized how they show up online was really important when they didn't have that in-person factor. Wow. I mean, it's important regardless, but like when that was their only option, they were like, oh crap, my stuff is not up to date. It's not how I want it to look. It's not giving the right impression. Um, so yeah, I, I just saw people suddenly kind of waking up, I guess, to the realization like, oh, this, this side of my business really matters. I need to pay attention to it. Do you do the, I don't know if you pay attention to this, but do the colors that come out in fashion, in, in the fashion industry? <laughs> yeah. Does it, does it come, does it, does that come about and translate into business design colors too? Um, I mean, I see that those come out like Pantone has their color of the year and you see like the fashion things and stuff. Um, I don't like to design by trends. Like if I am using a branding project or doing a branding project and that, you know, we're looking to communicate a specific thing and one of those colors would work great for that, then sure. Um, but I tend to be anti-trend. I don't really follow the trends or yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of push That's the it. trends on clients or anything because I want them to have more long-lasting yeah. branding. What about um, logo trends? Do you follow logo trends? I f- follow that as far as I'm aware of. Of like I, I am. I make sure I am aware of what's going on. I don't necessarily like use that as a prescription for my own work. But uh, kind of of the same thing, like with the colors. Like I know, I can imagine it has an effect on you, though. It might you might say, "Well, I don't use it," but it must have an effect. Um, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's a tricky one because, like maybe it's like a subconscious thing that is affecting me and I don't realize it. But I like to think at least that my, the designs that I come out with are coming from the strategy and the the goalposts we set when establishing what that core brand is. That's what I view as the driving factor for all of it. Not necessarily like what I see out on Instagram or somebody's like logo reveal or something like that. So, so let's take you through a typical scenario that I think, many of our listeners would probably say is going on with that. Okay. They started their business. Mm-hmm. It grew really, uh, it grew well. Uh, they had some 
graphic designer in college. That was a friend Some of theirs. Some nephew or a friend of the family yes. or something. Put together yep. a logo, right? Mm-hmm. It might have even been a clip art. Okay. <laughs> a lot right? of times it is. Yeah. And, and by the way, <laughs> I, I, I started that way. So, you know, 30 years ago, but, uh, you know, and there was clip art then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and then um, they come to you and they say, listen, we've grown a lot. And, um, you know, I hate my logo. I hate my website. Um, I want to, I kind of want to redo it. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then you, uh, Amanda, as a really real professional, you say to them, okay, I, you know, can you tell me a little bit about your core values and your strategy and, and your clients and, um, and, you know, maybe, maybe even about where you're headed. And when you think about your company, you know, what do you think it's like? Uh, what do customers say it's like? What do your employees say it's like? You ask all these questions and what mm-hmm. you hear is, I don't know. I never thought about it. Ooh, yeah, that's common, not- right? <laughs> um, it is common. And I kind of circumvent this a little. So I do have like, the first stage is the brand exploration. So asking all these questions and getting mm-hmm. all those answers. What I do is I send a big, long questionnaire to my clients about a week before our kickoff call so they can look at what those questions are and start getting clear on them in, our, in their brain. And then during the kickoff call, we go through it together and kind of weed out all the answers and make sure we're clear on everything. So like we don't, even if they say, I don't know, um, I'm going to pick at them <laughs> and ask why yeah. or come at it from a different angle until we get a solid answer. Yeah, I was exaggerating. I think everybody <laughs> has in some of those questions definitely has a view, but it's not as precise as they mm-hmm. are. And um, do you ever run into a situation where you say to somebody, uh, I, I think, I don't think you would, but have you, uh, is what you think the customers are saying about you? Is that based on what you think they're saying or based on what they are saying? You know, that, have you really asked them? I know that's a kind of a weird thing to ask, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of go into like testimonials they've gathered or feedback yeah. they've gotten. Oh, that's um, a good one. So we can yeah. look at the direct, you know, wording. Um, we're trying not to base anything on assumptions. Um, so yeah, we try to, to get around it by going through that. And I will, I will say it is common when they say, I don't know. It generally means I've never like, written it out on paper or gotten yeah. it out of my head. Like it all lives up there somewhere, but they just need help like pulling it out and making it clear. What, what percentage of the time does somebody come to that first meeting after looking at your question and being well prepared or versus coming to that meeting, maybe just reading the questions or not having read them and, and coming to the meeting? Is it a 50, 50? Uh, no, it- I would say it's probably like, 95% of the time they come prepared, prepared. they've already filled it out partway yeah. and we're just kind of refining and digging deeper. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. part of that's my, you know, client filter, <laughs> uh. like who I like to work with. But um, yeah, it's not generally a problem that they haven't filled it out. Sometimes yeah. when it's, if I'm working with a team, if there's like a team of leaders or like co-partners or co-founders or something like Sometimes one of them has filled it out and the other one has not. So we have to make sure on the call that the other one is on board with everything that they, the other party was saying. Um, but most of the time it's not a problem, which is nice. 
So tell me if the top things, give me the top three or five things that if somebody is going to be working on a branding project for mm-hmm. their company uh, with you or whatever, that they should, the golden things that you've learned over the year through experience, what are some of those top things that you would recommend to our listeners to really look, look at uh, for a new branding project? Yeah. So I would say, let's see, top three to five. Okay. Your why, you know, why are you even starting this business? Why, and why this business specifically? Like if you're starting a accounting business or something, why are you doing that instead of being a beach wedding photographer somewhere? Like why yeah, really that gets, specific It really business? gets to passion, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Gets, what's their passion? What's their driving force? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, two is who are you most wanting to work with? Um, everyone is not an acceptable answer. You have to narrow it down because yep. uh, that's got to get specific there. Yeah. Um, and you know what, just to add to that, the, the better the business person, the more experienced they are, the more they'll say these who I don't want to work with and these are our perfect clients. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, it is very, very true. Knowing who you don't want to work with is, is just as important. Yes, exactly. Yep. Um, number three would be why they should pick you. Okay. Unless you are inventing something absolutely new that's never been seen before, which chances are low because it's not the majority of businesses. Yeah. There's probably a lot of options out there that offer the same thing you do. So what makes you different? Why should they choose you? What are you doing differently or better or in a new way? You know, why should people care basically? Yeah. Um, that's a big one. Core values. We kind of hit on this earlier. Like what do you stand for? What do you want to be known for? What is driving your business besides just your passion for the work itself? And then what, how do you want to make people feel? Um, that kind of gets into like vibe and personality, but like, there's the quote, it's like, people won't remember what you said. People will remember what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And I think yeah. that is especially true for brands too. So like, how do you want to make people feel? So if you can answer those five questions, um, you're in a really good place to like, you know, make decisions in your business based on your answers to those. Yeah. And I, I think the third question there that you had about uh, what do you want to be known for forces you to understand your competition Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, was it that one or was it, uh, what makes, you, know, what how, makes, what you, makes you different, right? It makes you, you? forces you to understand your competition and then mm-hmm. to find your niche because listen, mm-hmm. what most people forget to understand is small business. And, you know, by the way, small business is anything under $15 million to make yeah. a year. Okay. <laughs> so let's be clear. Uh, the, so a small business is about a niche mm-hmm. and a small business is about better service, and here's the key, at a higher price, mm-hmm. okay? Because the way that big companies compete is lower price. But not as right? great service, yeah. Correct. <laughs> so you have to have better, and it could be personal. It could be, you know, you're more involved as the owner, uh, and but and it has to be better. But you'd also, this is the key, you got to be able, you got to charge more because if you charge more, that means your service is better. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and what was the last one you said on that to just how, how you make people feel? How do you want to make people feel? Yeah. When, when I was working on branding projects, uh, for my companies, um, 
I always tried to evoke emotions in what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I always felt that if I could evo- evoke a, a, an emotion, that um, that that was what I would, you know a good thing to do. Yeah, and it absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't told. I don't think I was ever told that. I, maybe I saw it. It was just something instinctually told me. So. Listen, like my logo for financing solutions, I actually wasn't the the guy who came up with, the person who came up, it was my business partner. And I'm usually involved in all design uh, uh, because I have a certain flair for it. Uh, But he came up with the idea of, you know, two people shaking hands Mm -hmm. because a lot of, because our lines of credit are are unsecured. And that means that we, we are basically trusting the individual to the, the company owner to uh, pay us back, mm-hmm. and where that's where those are signals that we look for, you know. And so, you know, two people shaking hands is an agreement, you know, in essence. And I liked that, you know. I, I thought that that evoked an emotion of trust, mm-hmm. uh, and and so you know that was part of the design, you know, elements, and you know. So, um, what what are some things? that you've seen people do that are not good? I don't mean from a design standpoint. I mean, what have they, what have you seen? And you were like, I mean, you can even say Steven and evoking emotion was, you know, that's wrong. No, evoking emotion is good. Like you'll hear that for branding and for like your marketing with like storytelling and stuff. Like it's like, that's how you reach people. Um, This is a hard question, by the way. It is a hard question. Yeah. Yeah, Give me a, I mean, I've, I, I think one of the traps I see people get into too much is when decisions start being made based on the owner's ego rather than the core brand or the strategy that, you know, they decided for the brand, um, where they start overruling that just because they like something or they want to hop on a new trend or something like that. And they kind of throw the, yeah. the brand strategy out the window. That's... Yeah not good for the company in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I guess, if they have poor taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But it interrupts the, you know, the consistency of the message that you're putting out, the the vibe that you're putting out. So, you know, that's the whole point of a brand is to communicate something, to communicate why people should choose you. And so if you're suddenly throwing some random new look or random new message or random thing in the mix, um, without intention, without forethought, without seeing how it fits in the larger brand picture, that kind of throws a wrench in things. Yeah. I, I would imagine too, that I have you, have you ever worked on a branding project where there were maybe three or four people working on that project from your client standpoint? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's obvious that three of those people are really like, are just there for show and the owner's really <laughs> making the decisions. And yet, you know, we, we, I think we, we all know that great decisions come when you are getting a brainstorm session and, and willing to listen, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately someone has to make the decision. I get that. Yeah. Right. But have you been in those type of situations before where that's happened? Yeah, um, not too often, thankfully, again, because of my client filters. But yeah, I have had before a situation where we were, me and some of the people on the the client team were 
trying with design rationale and backing it up, like tying it back to the brand strategy and stuff to, to forward this specific direction. And the owner of the company was like, no, I'm paying you to do this. Just do what I say. Like, it's oh. just very and that was it. needless to say, I did not work with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for the, for the most part, even when it's a team and there's like a, you know, it's clear that someone's making the decision, it's, it's an open forum to kind of discuss all the possibilities or to kind of bring everybody onto the same page as to which direction to go in. So that can be, it's actually a real fun part of the process too for me. Yeah. So, I mean, so what would you say, like we all know stories where it kind of blows you away when you maybe just want a new logo and someone's, you know, you know, you think it's going to be uh, $500 or $1,000. <laughs> I'm, I'm being, uh, I'm exaggerating, of course. And it ends up, you know, you, the quote's $50,000, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the the difference between is very, you know, uh, very inexpensive versus expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's your, what's your comment in regards to, I knew it always blew me away, right? When I saw stuff like that. Uh, what's your comment about quantity, quality versus price? Yeah, I, I think in a lot of those cases, um, especially like the cheaper options, like when you go on Fiverr, you get that $50 logo, $500 logo. There's not a lot of strategy behind it. Those are the kind of projects where, you know, you as the client would come to the designer and say, I want a leaf in my logo and I like these colors and put it together for me. It's more of like a commodity thing, an order taker relationship. When you get into the higher priced packages, that's when you're getting a more strategic partnership. That's when they're helping you clarify your brand and making sure the design direction lines up with it. So you're getting a more a depth of service um, at the higher price points. And I was going to ask you this question, but you did say that 95% of your clients usually fill out that questionnaire pretty mm-hmm. well. Uh, I was wondering if you had ever listened to a client and say, you know what, I don't think you're ready for a branding project yet. I think you need to kind of work on the strategy part first is yeah um haven't had like a full stop come up like that but we have had like i had a client come in thinking they wanted a whole new brand like just like sweep everything off the table and start clean um but we what we realized going through the you know the brand exploration was they just needed a bit of a refresh they just needed to tweak some things they didn't need to completely scrap everything and start over so we ended up going that direction instead and that was that was fine like and, i am, and what was what was it about the what did you see that you thought they just need kind of a refresh yeah so i mean they had some good basic setup you know they had some symbolism in their logo they had a good color palette that was you know communicating the vibes and the things that they said in the exploration they did want to communicate so they had some base things they needed to be more consistent with their font usage and we needed to clean up their logo a bit and um in general they just needed to use things consistently um that had been their big problem they were kind of all over the place with it but um yeah so it was just kind of adjusting how they were using some things and and narrowing the focus i guess so is is 100% 100% of the work that you do involved in branding for design of websites, for logos, is that, uh, is that most of your work? 
I specialize in branding. So yeah, it's like, it's all branding focused. Um, I do sometimes do just the strategy side and not the design side. Um, but the design side can encompass, you know, always starts with that, that logo and color palette and fonts, like the brand guidelines, that core thing. But depending on what the business is or what they need, I can help them build that out across, you know, packaging, print, social media templates, website, trade booths, <laughs> exhibits, you know, whatever it is they happen to need. But it always starts with that core. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. It's good stuff. Okay. I'd like to thank so very much, Amanda uh, Garacio from Studio Garacio for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, please also give us a five-star review if you like today's podcast or the any of the other one that helps us get the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Amanda, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Best way is my website, studiogaracio.com, or look me up on LinkedIn, Amanda Garacio. You know, I'm going to spell Garacio. It's G-U-E-R-A-S-S-I-O. Yes. And uh, listen, I think... uh, 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 having a great designer and uh, brand strategist pays more its, di- its dividends, as I mentioned earlier, uh, than just the brand uh, identity. I think it helps you internally and externally build your company. And once you've reached a certain revenue point, it's really kind of really important that you professionalize your company a little more. So consider yeah. you know, uh, talking to Amanda. I think she had some really good ideas today. Thank you. Other than that, I want to wish everybody a great day and, uh, you know, I make sure you're always working on your business. I think it's a fun part about it. And uh, I love working on branding projects. It's just a lot of fun. Me too, clearly. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody.